What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Early Apex. I'm Rob, and this is Dylan. And we got a lot of fun stuff in store for you guys today. A lot of uh, techie, nerdy, you know, in the weeds, <laughs> kind of great stuff. You um, bet. So to kick that off, uh, we're talking about why modern cars look the way they do. Um, a lot of modern like styling cues have nothing to do with um, a good looking car or, or how the concept car looked or any of that. It's because of safety, it's because of engineering constraints, it's because of aerodynamics. Um, and there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. It, you, you start to really? think, yeah, you start oh, to think, you know, designers are really like taking this rule book and then figuring out like, okay, what can we do within these constraints? You know, it's like design in a class mm -hmm. race car. It, it's, it's, it, it, it's not starting from a clean sheet ever. Yeah. You're really you, having to stay between the lines. I know we've talked about this on our own, but, uh, yeah, I, we haven't gotten into great detail here, so I'm curious to see what all these specifics are. It sounds like there's more than I'm even aware of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's tons. There's tons. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to just kick it off here. I'm going to kick it off. Flat fender arches. Okay, so to describe this, and if you're on YouTube, you'll see the photo, the graphic we do, but I'm talking about right where... Um, the wheel arches right where mm -hmm. it, it trail, you know, stops right there The go into the wheel. They're just, they're flat, like one or two inches are just totally flat against the wheel yeah. sheet metal. Go look at your car outside. If you have a car that was made in the last 20 years, I guarantee has a flat wheel arch, you know, yeah. and, th and this is like every car. This is a Camry. That's this is a Lamborghini. So every really, car, really every car, every car, every car. Maybe I'm sure you could find a hyper car or two, but really Every yeah, yeah, car yeah. that goes into any sort of production has these flat wheel so wheel arch faces. Why? Yeah. All right. Give me that? give me a guess. Give me a guess, Dylan. Okay. Um, it's funny that you say that. So yeah, I'm thinking about my focus. I definitely know exactly the area you're talking about. Um, why would they not just have the flare continued on? I, I can't imagine it has anything to do with aerodynamics because if it was an aerodynamic thing, you'd probably have some shapes that it would work on and other shapes that it wouldn't work on. Okay. So okay. very I, astute. I don't think it's arrow. It's gotta be some really silly. Is it some like side impact thing or so? what? All right, what's all right. going on so what's going on here it, why does every car need this <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and every car every single why car does every single car need this it's just it's it's strength and manufacturability real oh at that and that's it it's so apparently oh. right in a, in a flat piece of sheet metal a crease is going to make it significantly stronger yeah. So there's one, right? You put the crease all around the wheel arch. I'm now you just have about, a, you just have a stronger yeah. wheel arch that yeah. is gonna protect against like dents huh. and dings a bit better. Okay. Um, okay. And the so, other part. Uh, so yeah, the other I, part, right? When you stamp the sheet metal. Yep. Um, it's much easier to stamp that face flat than it is to try and stamp it with some sort of like curve, curve. going on. Yeah. You know. I never thought of manufacturing driving a lot of these reasons I, i'm always thinking either you know regulation or arrow but yeah that makes a lot of sense uh, yeah. to have oh, a yeah. there. it's it's shocking that it's every uh, nearly like every car um yeah 
interesting to, reason. To, yeah. I mean, and to speak about like manufacturability, look mm-hmm. at the shapes, especially on bumpers of a modern car versus a 30, 40 year old car. Like look mm-hmm. how complex the shapes on modern cars are compared to those cars because mm-hmm. manufacturability. Now we're dealing with plastic bumpers. Yep. You can just make a mold. You have a lot more flexibility with that plastic mold. Whereas if you're doing with stamped steel or, or other yeah. manufacturing processes, it's, it's, it's way tougher to get these complex shapes. Mm-hmm. So you can thank uh, those okay. busy bumpers we were complaining about last time on, <laughs> on that. Yeah, this is we're kind of having the, uh, the behind the scenes here right now from our previous episode about, you know, the best looking actually the past two, uh, uh, two episodes. We were talking about like the best looking cars, modern cars of the past 10 years and the, and the worst looking cars of the past 10 years. So, uh, yeah, this is kind of the behind the scenes that's shaping a lot of a lot of those decisions. That's interesting. What else? What else you got? OK. All right. So um, right after right let's go going from the wheel arches and now we're at the wheels okay okay we've got to the no okay, yeah. we've got no deep dish wheels anymore all wheels yeah, sad thing. flat face right yeah we're very we're very you know remiss to see them all gone yeah. we've got no dish wheels from the factory on like mm-hmm. any car and i was really expecting this to be something to do with arrow um mm. and i had actually heard uh Chris Harris say that it had something to do with curb strikes, like a safety thing, you know, some safety hmm. standard tests. Okay. Um, but really what I could find that drove this, and this this really also makes the most sense to me, is it's su- suspension engineering. Oh, so it's like suspension geometry. They don't want the wheels reaching out that much farther away from... Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, all right, so firstly scrub radius that's like the most important thing that's what it's all okay. about i was gonna say because what i'm just explaining you could just change with offset it doesn't right. really matter right so so scrub radius is when you turn your steering wheel does the the wheel spin like a like a coin on a desk or is it you know going around this pivot point that's inside or outside of of the wheel you know so mm-hmm. if you if you turn the wheel does the wheel spin as it moves or is it just kind of stationary spinning in place? And mm-hmm. what you want or what, you know, modern car designers aim for is zero scrub radius. Okay. The benefit being that if you have uh, a negative scrub ra- or a, a positive scrub radius where the theoretical center of that s- that's rotation happens inside of the wheel, mm-hmm. that means that when you brake and torque is being like applied to the wheels, that it's going to yank the wheel out of your hand. And if you've ever driven like an older mm. car with wide wheels, you know that feeling. I know we know yep. that feeling. I know um, that feeling all too well. That scrub radius. To a stop. Yeah. You know, and it's also, it's like feedback in a way, you know, when you hit a pothole, when you hit a bump, like mm-hmm. if there's that, you know, lever arm on the wheel, it's going to pull that wheel back and thus yank on the steering. Yeah. And so that's, that's giving you all that kind of sometimes unwanted bump steer, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they're looking for, they being the engineers, they're looking to create a suspension geometry where the wheel is essentially rotating on an axis, like, like the globe, right? It's straight through the wheel. It's rotating perfectly on center, whereas with this scrub radius that you're explaining, it's kind of rotating. Oh, it's not really rotating around in like a circle. It's kind of rotating like a pivot. It's pivoting 
on like the back or like the front of the wheel and yeah, it's not exactly. truly rotating evenly exactly thus like the scrub interesting yeah and then yeah. the dish adds to that problem right it just it kind of makes it impossible to have a dish wheel and then with you know brakes mm. getting even bigger you got to stuff a brake mm -hmm. in there so you've you've got to make room for you know yep. um your spindle and your big brakes and then mm -hmm. still have a wheel face um and you end up with a lot of flat wheel faces instead mm -hmm. of any sort of Ex dish yeah because you need a lot of space behind the wheel behind yeah. that dish yeah the, exactly i mean there are there are cars you can buy today with bigger brakes than our miatas <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so you got to fit all that behind the wheel and that really yeah. doesn't yeah and even even on our you know on the rear suspension um mm -hmm. you still there's still many benefits to like either elongating the suspension arms or or whatever you have back there or just moving that whole assembly outboard so that you have mm -hmm. more room on the interior for you know cargo space mm -hmm. so you know you end up just pushing the wheel face out 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 as far as you can to gain all Take that space back and what I found was interesting, the reason why cars used to have this, um, it wasn't just because they were idiots and weren't thinking about scrub radius. Okay. Although they might have been. Um, <laughs> it's it's older, so older um, before rack and pinion steering. So rack and pinions, like basically you steer the wheel mm -hmm. and it spins a gear and that gear is attached to a, a bar that also has a gear on it. And that bar is, mm -hmm. you know, rack, that's rack and pinion. Mm -hmm. So that, and that means that when you push on the steering, it will also spin the steering wheel. So you, if you grab a wheel and you start to spin it, it's not too hard, right? Because you can, yeah. you, it'll spin the wheel. That's rack and pinion. Okay. Older cars, we're talking like 1930s here. Um, okay. They had what's called ball and nut steering, which essentially replaces the gear on gear interface and uses a, um, a worm gear. So a gear and a worm gear. And of course, okay. you know anything about worm gears, the gear can spin the worm fine, um, but you can't get the other way around. If you try and, you know, push against that worm, you know, as you would with, you know, the tie rods pushing in on it, it's not mm -hmm. just going to spin the gear. And they did this because, um, because you get like a, a good torque multiplier before power steering so that your steering was easy. But it meant you had absolutely no steering feel and also no return the center. <laughs> like you're, the wheels just wouldn't return the center because yeah. they can't self. Driving a tractor. Yeah, you're driving a tractor yeah. basically. <laughs> um, and so one of the things they do to kind of combat the total lack of feel that you got with the system was you'd have much deeper dish wheels uh, that gave you a, a large scrub radius and that amount of torque was enough to give you a little bit of steering feel and also return the steering back a bit. So it was actually, they were using that offset as part of their return to center steering. Exactly, exactly. So it was, it was part of the design. And sort of as we moved away from that, we've moved away from deep dish wheels. I mean, you can also thank solid rear axles and stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know, as we go to total, you know, independent rear suspension, all that, you, you push, mm -hmm. you make the assembly more complex and you need more room for it, so. Well, all I yeah. know... Rob is that I, I lust over a, a set of Wantanabis, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna lean all the way in on that scrub radius. Just my rip that steering wheel right out your hand. <laughs> want I want those Wantanabis, baby. So what else? What all else right, we got? What else we got? Those, all right, we got. I got one more big one for you. Okay. Um, I think I might know what it is. All right. Let's hear it. 
Have you ever seen a modern Chevy Camaro? Absolutely. I knew we were going here. I knew it. I yes. I think I think Rob. anyone who's seen a modern Chevy Camaro immediately the thing that comes to mind when you say styling is the fact that you're looking through like a slit. You you've yeah, got it, it's in like in a jail cell. Yeah, yeah, you're in a jail cell. Um the 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 windows start like above your shoulders. They're so high. <laughs> yes. And you cannot yes. see out of this thing. Um so again, uh, not not driven by styling. There is a part of the belt lines driven by styling. I'll get to that. But mm. this is one totally driven by the greatest enemy of all great sports cars, which is trucks and SUVs. Really? What? How is how is a truck or a, it's? They're not sharing a platform. How is this impacting? It's all, it's all about yeah. It's all about those impacts. It's all about impact zones. It's all about crash standards. Oh, it's it's bumper heights. Because everything is getting so big. It's bumper heights. So as okay. bumper heights get a bit higher, hood heights get higher. You've gotta you've gotta protect your passengers from the bumper just going right through your window. So now you need more sheet metal up higher mm-hmm. to stop that from happening. Okay. And it, that- it, and that's pretty much about as simple as that. It, it, it's crash safety. You encase yourself safety, okay. in a bunch of metal. It's 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 safer than glass. It's safer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's also probably why doors are so tall today. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it's it's sharing that door line. Mm-hmm. Um, now another styling cue is that sloped belt line. So if you look at an older car, um, E30, right? The the mm-hmm. belt line, you know, which is when we talk about belt line, guys are just talking about where the window meets the door essentially that line okay, I was about across to ask you know that. that's okay. the bell line it's just like where bell the wind okay. where the glass stops and the metal starts okay and, on the side of the car got it you know pretty much all modern cars have um an upward slope going from the front to the back it's sloping upwards and that's really that's a design choice that's that makes the car kind of look like it's going faster when it's standing still like it gives it mm. the illusion of being a wedge um, mm-hmm. I think the easiest car to see that would probably be the like Range Rover Evokes. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, and if you look at those, yeah, you can really see how the glass like narrows and it's like makes it look like mm-hmm. the thing is more wedge shaped when it's really just a, a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the fact that it's um, a floating roof. Is that what it's called? Where the, the roof and everything above that belt line is black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. That that yeah. That can also kind of give you the illusion of a of a shorter vehicle or or a more mm-hmm. you know slender vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Interesting. Um, okay. Okay. This is pretty pretty cool. So there's there's definitely a lot of things that are shaping, pun intended, the way vehicles look today. And I I remember a comment from an older family member. Uh, I was actually in Sierra's family. How they were saying the front ends of every car look like a truck. And I think really what they're picking up on isn't so much the look itself, but it's the shape and the height. Yeah. Right? It's everything's so tall. Yeah. And and flat. It's it, and flat. It's got to be flat. I and mean, that's an, and that's another crash safety one. If you've yeah. got bumpers that protrude 
I don't know. They, they, they break your ankles. They, they, I don't know what they do, but they kill, they kill pedestrians apparently. They're not and good. So, Rob. Yeah. So if you've they're, got a big, they, they're not good, not good, <laughs> not good, which so yeah, you look at any new car, said, no, 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 <laughs> it's the front of it's basically flat, you know, yeah. and there's no like protruding surfaces for the most part. It's overall just like a big flat thing. You look mm-hmm. at like Audis, I would say that's a pretty, especially 2000, yeah like five to 15 Audis, like they had really flat kind of, but that, that a lot of that's coming from that crash safety stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really feel like they le- leaned into it too, with their design of that time, right? The grill straight up and down grill, mm-hmm. uh, kind of similar to BMW in a way, but yeah, that's, that's very, uh, yeah. Vertical. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, and there's tons more, we haven't even done any arrow ones yet. Oh, so, really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll give you one, right? So okay. yeah, te- let's do it. It's Tesla's. Okay. Okay. All Tesla's basically have a, a similar shape. Yeah. And I think the one most interesting design feature is the hard crease on the trunk. So they all have a, a hard crease right where the top of the trunk makes a 90 degree turn to go down and go yeah. into the bumper. And that is an arrow choice because if you look, if you look at the, at any Tesla from the side, it's a really yep. smooth profile, kind of like teardropped, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that's aerodynamic, right? It looks aerodynamic. Yep. It's intuitive and the, and it's all smooth surfaces. So mm-hmm. the air is attached, you know, it's attached to the hood, the windshield, the, the roof, the rear glass, the trunk lid, everything is a smooth you know, not too sharp bends, there yep. is staying attached. And then once it hits that crease, um, what you want for higher aerodynamic efficiency is the air to immediately detach mm. and not create turbulence there. Yep. So if, if you if you did kind of like a weird slope off or something, you're actually gonna end up with the air kind of like trying to stay attached but not being able to, and you get a lot of mm. turbulence through doing that. So if you just do a hard, cut off hard edge that yeah. gives you it's acting it detaches in, the air more effectively yeah. and, you, and yeah. you don't get that turbulence there so it's acting like the, the crease is essentially acting like a small little spoiler it is yeah absolutely right? it's not a absolutely. wing obviously wings are for downforce spoilers are for ending the airflow yeah over a, yeah a vehicle yeah, I mean, look at look at it like a land speed car, and they've got those big mm-hmm. spoilers coming off the back of them, just like big pieces of sheet metal that just end, but they're totally flat. You can see they're not creating any downforce for it. Yep. But they're, I mean, one, they're also one elongating the car, so you're making a more stable car for land speed. But you're you've got that hard detachment point, and mm-hmm. it makes a you know slip through the air a bit better. Interesting. So there you go. Okay. Cool. Well, hey, uh, comment down below on any other uh, things that you know of that are shaping these cars. It definitely sounds like you've stumbled across a lot of other things too, Rob. You could go yeah, on, and on yeah, about this yeah. Topic I appreciate uh, I appreciate having this platform to just talk about all the stuff that no one else wants to meet, listen to. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, this is, de- this is definitely interesting because it is one of those things where I knew that the canvas is not blank for car designers of today the canvas almost has a shape that it needs to be within whether it's for aero or for regulations or i hadn't thought of this 
manufacturing. Yeah, manufacturing. Manufacturing is a big one, big one for sure. So I should know better than that. Being in uh, in engineering sales and, and working uh, in manufacturing <laughs> myself, so I should have I should have known. Anyway, yeah, let us know what other uh, interesting things you know of that are shaping uh, design language of today. All right, Dylan. So I want to spew some more uh, some more opinions and thoughts. So give me these <laughs> give me these FMK cars. What have we got okay. today? Okay, so I've been wanting to do a segment like this. We haven't done this yet before. I wanted to choose a car that only ever had three generations. So this is the same car. Okay. okay. But three versions of the car. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Another another high concept. You're, every time you're taking, I'm like I'm like inside this little tiny box, and you're just like way out there with this really chess. high conceptual stuff. Jeez. All right. So, so what? What I chose? It's. I feel like we've kind of danced around these cars a little bit. We've been doing this for a little time, a couple times now. So we're gonna start having some similarities come up uh, on on this segment uh but of these three generations the u.s only got one the last generation okay Ooh, let's see we if I can have bits and pieces of the other two and the company that it's from is ford any oh, idea okay we what? only got the last yeah we, we only got the last pieces, generation and it's ford badged it's 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 ford oh yeah it's Ford. It's Ford badge. Oh, God. Yep. It's okay the? if you don't get it. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of cars we didn't get here. Like, yeah. we only got, we missed out on some, like, ST stuff, Focus RS. You uh, got it. It's the you Focus got, I'm, RS? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Uh, I'm gonna just, yeah, it's Focus RS. Okay. I mean, it's that's got to be, like, RS. the only car they were selling abroad and not here. Yeah, well, because we got bits and pieces of the first two. You even owned uh, kind of a, yeah, I would yeah. say like the the cheapest version or cheaper version hey, of, hey, of that. Hey. <laughs> Come on, SVT. That's an incredible that's brand, right there. That's true. That's true. It was it was the SVT, so it was not the cheapest. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll walk you through the specs of okay. each one. Okay. So uh, the MK1 that we did not get. This was a a four cylinder turbo. Um, it is a great looking car. You got a, a pretty uh, good looking car yourself with the SVT. It was the best <laughs> one that you could get in the States. Uh, but this was a, a you know, a turbocharged um, four cylinder car. It did zero to 60. Uh, not the, the quickest car. Zero to 60 in 6.7 seconds. Is this uh, a front wheel drive or all wheel? This is front wheel. Okay. Thank you for, for jumping on that. Front wheel drive. It had not gone all wheel drive yet. All-wheel drive didn't come around until the last generation. Uh, but it's a turbocharged car. The most consistent horsepower stats I could find was 215 and 228. So definitely not very high horsepower. However, the curb weight, pretty light, 2,800 pounds. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. well Still under 3,000. Yeah. Yeah. Well under 3,000 pounds. And the first two are like this. And it's a two-door which is pretty sweet. Ooh, it's pretty the small. The two-door is, and that's why my SVT Focus, such a, <laughs> a beautiful, timeless egg shape. It's a two-door. Yeah. Yeah. The two-door. Five-speed manual, so it, it didn't have six-speed yet, so definitely a little 
older of a car, but you know, still a modern engine, 16 valve, redlined at uh, 55, uh, not redlined, but max uh, peak power was at 5,500 RPM. Uh, torque was down at 35. So pretty solid okay. car. I feel okay. like that this kind of engine specs are, are pretty common in today's marketplace right like a lot of like the the mid-tier turbocharged stuff like the the civic sport back that's turbocharged is mm-hmm. kind of similar to this so that's the the uh, the first gen and it's going to be the classic ford blue is what we're going to do here okay so let me send you the photos now and those links should all work for you so that's the first gen now the second gen we also didn't get this gen it was a two-door as well but this is where the rs started to get wild uh it is gonna be in a lime green which is the launch color this car has got hood louvers on it it's got a big front mount intercooler from the factory uh and it has the power to back up it's even got a big wing it's got the power to back it up this is a 300 horsepower and 325 foot pounds of torque this is engine this is one i remember yeah uh i remember like seeing it in car magazines Mm -hmm. um my so my my cousins all live in 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 england and so i had went over there and gotten like their like top gear magazines and stuff and like you know this was like the cover car yeah um and i was thinking like you know like like back in the day we'd always like oh man america never gets any of the cool cars you know Mm -hmm. and this is definitely one of them there's some other really cool things about this car too so this was actually not a four cylinder this was a five cylinder oh whoa yeah right like we never got a five-cylinder ford anything here in the states that, I, that no, i'm aware of no uh it's substantially faster you know this is now a, a 5.4 second zero to 60 and a 13.8 in the quarter mm. uh so it's a quick car six speed and i also remember I'm, I, I don't have the specs in front of me for this specifically but i know that this is really when um front wheel drive uh suspension was really getting trick to prevent the torque steer right right? i think this is one of the first 300 horsepower front wheel drive cars i mean this is back in 09 that um this is coming out i believe um so yeah this is like older technology but very modern numbers that's still a lot of power in a front wheel drive car today that's that's a ton and i I do remember them writing up about this like trick suspension that was in it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, so really cool car, crazy color. So, and again, color. front-wheel drive. And again, yeah, yeah, because that's why they were doing the, the crazy trick suspension. But five-cylinder, how crazy is that? Five-cylinder, oh, last thing. So what, thing, what no, is the five-cylinder from? What was that from? I don't know. Dual overhead cam, 20-valve, five-cylinder, aluminum block. That's what I'm seeing here. I don't know what else it was in. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we got any car in the States with that engine. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, curb weight. It did get substantially heavier, though. Mm. Still not crazy heavy, by, especially by today's standards, but uh, a little over 3,200 pounds, 3,250. Oh, yeah, so definitely gained some weight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, and that all to bed. Now we come to the last generation, the last RS, the only one we've got here in the States. I actually own like the very cheap version of this car. <laughs> uh, I can't even really say that it is. It, I, I have a focus, right? Uh, but this is an, a four-door, you know, much larger car, all-wheel drive. It is a four-cylinder, but it's a 2.3, 350 uh, horsepower, 350 foot-pounds of torque, and six-speed manual. 
definitely like a quick car. Let me see if I've got that down here. Um, and this is also going to be in the nitrous blue. Nitrous blue. That is my favorite color for this that. one. I mean, this is a car, you know, we know well because it's um, yeah. American American production. It's a USDM car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm looking. F- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it's it's a car I've always loved. You know, I've always yeah. thought they're great looking. Um, it's a shame now they don't make them and they cost way too much money on the used market because I would definitely have one if it wasn't for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me I'm trying to find the zero to 60 specs. Here we go. I believe. Yeah, this looks right. Four seven. So, again, another big step um, in in speed. So th- this is almost like a second per generation faster. Um, I'm looking up for the quarter mile real quick. So what are your first See, impressions here of, yeah, this different kind of, oh, 13, four. So not I'm, huge I'm, I'm not, there, it's but. all about the feel for me, Dylan. I'm not even worried about <laughs> these numbers. These numbers mean nothing to you. They mean nothing. Uh, okay. I'm a purist. Okay. 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 You know, so Mr. Purist. Yeah. What do you think? <clears throat> this is tough. Cause they are also similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, you know, the newest focus is I'm sure going to be like the most reliable, mm-hmm. easiest to get parts for, you know, yeah. so that makes me want to marry it. But then yep. that first gen one, that's the same gen that my SVT focus was from. The nostalgia. The nostalgia. Mm. Um, it really like wasn't a great looking car back then. It's still a very cool car, but not a great looking car. Um, and then I think there's something about that Mark II that is just so like unobtainium here, you yeah. know? And it's, it's like wild. if you know, you know. And it's got that cool, it's a two door, which I love. Mm-hmm. Two door hatches are the coolest, everyone knows. <laughs> uh, and it's like that sloped back with the spoiler. Yep. It's got those like 11 spoke wheels, which are super like rally and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a wild car. It's and definitely seeing, the wildest of the three. I'm seeing some green seats. Yo, you got some Yeah, you're seeing right, bud. Part you're seeing two. right some paint matched seats. I mean, now that seats. that is wild. <laughs> yeah, and they're the Recaros, so they're awesome. Oh, those are yep. literally just podiums. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's the Recaro motto, but they're literally a, a Recaro model you could go just buy off the shelf, but I mean, they're amazing seats. They're perfect. That's what Yeah. That was the right choice. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, Dylan, I want that every day. I want to be in the Mark II yeah. every day. It's going to be reliable enough. <laughs> the five cylinder, I'm sure, sounds amazing. Dude, you're going to have people breaking their necks. Yeah. In the US, like, what? What? Yeah. I've never, I've never <laughs> seen one in the U.S. Like I've seen some yeah. other stuff. I don't know. Like I've seen a Nissan Pulsar here, like mm-hmm. the GTIR. Like I've seen a few things. Never seen one of these here. Yeah. Uh, and no one even thinks about them. Like Americans don't even like they forgot that this existed. And this mm-hmm. is such a cool car. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's what I want every day. Cool. Okay. All right. That's wild. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, five I, cylinder. I can see it. I can five see it. cylinder. So cool. I mean, I know the yeah. five cylinder sound from the uh, Audi RS line. Mm-hmm. And those obviously like everyone knows those are sweet. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's a unique. It's a unique experience all the way around with that car. 
for sure. Absolutely. Especially here in the States. Absolutely. And then I think I'm going to take one drive in the original Mark 1 because, yeah, again, it's just like a car you never get to drive otherwise. And I just, I have the nostalgia yeah. of my old SVT. And I remember it being like such a great handling front wheel drive car. So much fun. Mm-hmm. And, and you get that plus turbo. Plus turbo, plus RS-ness, plus, you know, that like extra edge. So I'm sure mm -hmm. it's it's a great car to drive. I just want to know what that's like. I just want to, I, and I feel like, man, but you know what? That fo The new Focus RS is like drift mode. Oh, I forgot about that. I kind of want to drift mode. an all-wheel drive car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Wait. All right. All right. All right. I'm. First, change, are you first time I'm changing my answer. Oh, I'm changing, changing it. it. First time ever I'm changing, changing it. it. I want the one drive and the new Focus RS because I'm just going to like, I want it with full tires and I'm going to return it with just no, tires. no tire, like <laughs> passive yes. tread wear markers. It's, it's just yep. going to be on the courts. Dude. That's what I'm going to do. Dude, I... That's what I'm going to do. I'm also ooh. probably going to take it like on a rally stage that's just like gravel <laughs> parking lots. Like hey, when this car is returned, it is going to look like I'm going to total it. I'm going to total the car. It's not making it. It's not making it. It's not it. making it. Like Your we're drifting, is to not we're rally racing. <laughs> the bumpers aren't going to be there. It's going to be leaking coin. Yeah. Destroyed. Love it. Okay, that's awesome. I, I really can't fault you're thinking I'll, I'll add a couple little bits before i make a reveal i really like the the first gen look however i think a lot of people would just think you're driving around in an st here in the states uh not that yeah. that's, or as an svt excuse me and not that that's a bad just thing you're driving around a, a goddamn beetle sit with focus <laughs> or, or that especially in the right angle you know i i, I really honestly like look, i swear i think the svt looks a little better like Ooh, the, I just interesting. I mean, the only difference is the front bumper, but I think the bumper just looks better on the SVT. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, that second gen, that MK2, with the the five cylinder for me puts it over the top. I'm not crushing that car at all. Like it's just it's not. I like I'm either experiencing that full time or for one insane. <laughs> rip like it's just it's not getting crushed the five I need cylinder to know is so cool it's so what's cool. going on there and i think for me i think for me it's probably gonna be my one wild ride because okay. five cylinder up front that much power that year it's probably not the best driving car of the three in fact, it might be the worst. <laughs> Just an educated guess because of there's there's going to be all that weight up front. I'm sure the the weight distribution is pretty heavy up front. Um, but I gotta know what that car is like to drive. I gotta I gotta oh, yeah. hear that five cylinder. I gotta feel that torque steer that's I'm sure still remaining up up in those uh, those wheels in the front. Uh, gotta experience that. Gotta sit yes. in those or, or those yes. green seats. Gotta sit in those um, green seats. I'm going. I'm going to. Uh this is the origin of that five cylinder. It's a Volvo engine. Oh, it's a Volvo. Yeah. Remember when Volvo had the five cylinder? They're 2.5 five cylinder that was in like the S40 and stuff. Yeah. That's where it's from. That makes sense. That's just even continuing to add to the cool factor. Yeah, that is that is cool. That's Although cool. now I'm worried about the reliability <laughs> of my, uh, of my <laughs> new daily. You locked it in now. You locked it in. Oof. That's definitely, oh man. So yeah, so I'm definitely, that's my one wild ride car. And 
I'm going to have to marry one of these two cars. And I, I feel like the third gen is the easy choice except for one thing. And that's the suspension. I've, I've, Ooh, it was yeah. a big what do you, error soft, in its Dylan? ways was it's just, it was really hard. Really oh, hard you're tried. getting soft. <laughs> so that would be the one, my one like consideration. But you know what? That's the car I'm marrying. And it's not because I have a, uh, you know, a, a terrible version of my driveway. It's because it's all wheel drive. We live here in, in, upstate new york i live here in upstate new york i could daily that all year round and have a ball in the winter probably you know end up rusting but like i could totally do that that would be awesome put some snow tires on that thing snow tires and now i'm roasting my my snow tires but not too bad because it's in it's in the snow and i'm drifting around and all that so i could absolutely see owning that car and dailying it all and right. driving it all the time. The so I'm I'm gonna have to crush the the first gen, which I still really like a lot. Mm. I, I I'm curious about how that car is, but hard L on, just, the, on the yeah, first gen there. I just Poor it's, guy. It well the MK2 is like the standout. It totally is a standout. It's the yeah. easy choice. You've got to get behind that the wheel on that car one way or another. So now you got to choose between the other two. And I think realistically, the 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 third gen it, it is. You know, it's it's four doors. I, I can use that car every single day. Every single day. Sounds so. like you need to get one. I, I really want one. I'm not going to lie. I will say, take a look at that Mark One interior on the RS because it is like prime early 2000s <laughs> bad. It's bad. It's got How all it? the shiny leather. Oh, man. It's, How does it, it compare to your SVT? Was it a lot of the same materials it looks like and a lot of the same yeah, layout? No, it's exactly the same, except you get like <laughs> pedal covers and a, a different shift knob and lever. Mm. And you get what actually looks like worse seats because I remember the seats in my... I had the Recaros in my SVT and they were okay. amazing. And they're just mm-hmm. all black. Mm-hmm. Great seats. And this has Sparkos. Which really? seems like it seems like a downgrade, and they also just like don't look as like grippy. Although they hmm. do seem to have like some Alcantara, they do have some Alcantara, but they they don't look as okay. they don't look as good. I'll be honest. Interesting, interesting. All right, so what do you all think? Did we choose right, or was the first generation the actual car to marry long term? Even though it has Sparkos as opposed to. <laughs> The downgrade, the d- the downgrade in the in the uh, the seat department. Let us know down below. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll end on this. I remember a Motor Trend Lambo versus that generation Focus RS, but as opposed to the drivetrain that's in there, they ripped it out and put a V8 and a Mustang drivetrain into it. Real drive. What? It was Lambo versus focus with a v8 and a real drive i love that article i'll pull that up sometime you need to send that to me yeah let us know down below though what would you have chosen yeah what's your picks guys what's your picks so finishing this episode out let's spill the tea on lama and the results it was uh lee man's <laughs> the lee man's i love that lee that, man's that, race that lee man's race overseas uh I feel like the coverage in the States was higher than normal. 
or there was a little bit of a buzz around it for a couple different reasons. We'll get to the results in a moment. Uh, I'd say one of the main reasons was they got them NASCARs, got <laughs> thing over there racing up in the layman's race. Uh, no, if, if you didn't catch it, NASCAR did bring uh, a, a car to competition. It wasn't there to, to race competitively. Of course it wasn't. It was a NASCAR. No, um, it was there, I think, in, in two for two main reasons. Um, what I've read on this was mm-hmm. they're kind of testing the next gen uh, race car, which is obviously, you know, you can do anywhere. <laughs> you don't need to do this at Le Mans. <laughs> but I, I also think that it was also for marketing. Yeah. Right? And I, yeah. I think that's a smart marketing idea. You know, you bring a, a you bring a Camaro, goddamn America. Uh, over to, to Europe and yeah, you get to drive it around and, and I'm you sure said this was be... the, the next gen car. Cause I thought the Camaro like was discontinued in general, like the production Camaro. Well, that's a great, that's a great point. So the, in the article, it says that this was a test bed for NASCAR's next gen chassis. Okay. So, so I guess the body it, doesn't really matter yet. Yeah, like it hasn't for decades. The body yeah. means little to nothing. Uh, who knows? Maybe Chevys become Corvettes in the future. Probably not. Uh, and they'll probably become, I don't know, the Blazer. Are we going to have a they'll SUV? Be bla- they will be Blazers. <laughs> oh, my. Just like there's a Toyota Camry racing around a yeah. NASCAR track. Yep. yep. There's going to have Chevy's going to put a Blazer Jeez. out there. Who knows? But yeah. So for those of you that don't know too much about NASCAR, typically, it, it, yeah, the body's there's very little difference. It's, I think they're it's trying literally to the same a little body. bit more of a difference. And there, I mean, it was for a while. It was just it the was same body. body. I think it's becoming a little bit more unique than it used to be. It used to just be stickers. That was the only difference <laughs> between them. It was <laughs> that, that was it. Um, but yeah, they were really just trying to test out their their new um, next-gen car while also doing, I think, a, a marketing stunt, which is kind of cool seeing that that car uh, a nascar go around it is it is crazy there's a photo of it packed in with the rest of of the you know there's gonna be starting grid and it's it's crazy and reels all around like seeing a camaro passing all these euro cars with like free bird (laughs) going on the background it's i don't know it's cool it's cool um but more importantly and i'd say more historically ferrari came back Telemah after a hiatus of uh, close to 50 years. I think it was like 48 years and change uh, that they had, had been away from. Le well, Mans. that's, I mean, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. And they came back and their first year back, they win and they win on the hundredth anniversary of the race. So a historic race, a historic comeback. And Rob, my question to you is, is this why Ferrari is so slow in F1? Because they used all their great engineers for the Le Mans team? Like, come on. Like, what's going on All here? the money and engineering went in they, Le Mans. W- they come in out of nowhere and just dom. And I think they, yeah, they went one, two in Le Mans. And it's just, it's an impressive feat. No, it is. It's, it's super surprising, feat. especially since what we've, you know, we've been watching for the last five years in, in F1 mm-hmm. is Ferrari. You know, again, whooped by Mercedes and now by Red Bull as well. And yeah. I mean, and even potentially Aston Martin, like they're just, yeah, they've been, yeah, they've been just 
kind of floundering at the towards the front, but just never really putting it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think at any point anyone was really thinking they were they were going to win in recent mm-hmm. memory. And so, yeah, it, it is amazing to see them come right into Lamont, which they haven't been at. They have no experience with endurance racing in recent years, and to just yeah. win like that is is something else. Yeah. I, I would know. never guess that. I know uh, in the in a different category, this is the ultimate category, I believe it's called. Like the the, the top category mm-hmm. is the, the category that Ferrari won. You know, F- Ford wanted to go back and win, I think it was 50 years after their first win with the Ford GT. And that's why they developed the third gen Ford GT the way they did. They, I mean, that was a race car for the streets, the way the, sh- the shape is and that sort of thing. They right. designed that car to go back and win. But it wasn't it wasn't the top category, obviously. You don't drive those cars in the street. There are no road-going versions of those. They are a spec right. class race car. So um, it's just cool when companies target this i wish there was a car that went along with this category of car because you'd have these supercars <laughs> that had like these road going versions of these all yeah the whole ho- homologation of these center yeah. seaters would be absolutely that would insane. be wild that would but, be wild uh, i mean it's exciting to see ferrari just get back in it and like yeah put that we'll put that spend into it yeah. you know back in the racing and they look great too the cars look awesome yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful race car for it's sure. Ferrari, it's yeah, Ferrari. They know how to do it. They know how to do it. They always <laughs> look good. Yeah, it, but it's just it is a super impressive feat for them just to be able to jump right back in, and it and it leaves you wondering, hey, do we want to just like can the entire team and just move the Lamont? I mean, they're not obviously they're not going to do that, but what did they get so right with this team and designing it, and can they bring that into to yeah. F one? Yeah, I feel like Le Mans is maybe just less competitive than F1. Mm-hmm. I think would be my thought on the matter is is you've got less money getting pumped into. What are you Le trying Mans. to say about Toyota, Rob? They've been winning since 2017. What are you just saying? They haven't had any uh, true competition. I think they is just that, haven't had. That? Yeah, maybe they haven't had Shot any real competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough for automakers to put money into racing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I feel like you have a lot more like logic driven companies. I mean, a company like Ferrari, it was like made around racing. Like that was why it existed. Like that's why Lotus existed was for racing. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Every one of those companies have nothing to do with racing. Like they're not, the company isn't there because they want to go racing because they're passionate about racing. The company is there because it has shareholders and owners that are making money off of a product to sell the customers. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's, you don't, you know, it used to be about passion that we would go racing. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, Ferrari versus Ford and that type of stuff. Like it was, it was a grudge. It was, it was, we're spending money because I want to beat this guy, not because we think we're going to get a return on our ad spend. (laughs) <laughs> and and now that's what it is. Now it's like, do we yeah. get a return on ad spend? If we spend, you know, $500 million to go yeah. race to Le Mans, are we going to see that as a return in sales? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I, knowing that it, I guess it means more to me to see that they went back mm. to get back in Le Mans because it isn't just like a, a, a whim. It's, yeah. it's okay. This is, this has value for our brand. Yeah. You know, and it, it's nice to see racing have that importance in in marketing and in, you know, in car culture. 
Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. The one other thing that I'd say, going back to what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, what these brands represent, and, you know, what they're doing, you know, if they're just making money for shareholders, essentially, you know, Ferrari, I think they make more in like apparel and other things than selling cars these days. The one other thing that I will say, though, about Ferrari is it also represents the pride of Italy. The Come on, pride like the I pride mean, of Italy. You are correct. You are correct. It does. It is like... It does. It is a cult over there. Italy, from what I Italy hear. stands alone, fighting against you know Euro Seven new emission <laughs> standards, and and they're like, wait, hold up, you're gonna put all of our you know Lamborghini and and Ferrari out of business with this crap, but mm. yeah, no, yeah, but- no, no, Italy does have that. I mean, this is this might be one for another episode. There's, <laughs> I believe, there's like a whole scandal with whoever's in charge of. Um, the environmental like department of their government is that he Mm -hmm. used to be on the payroll for like Lamborghini or Ferrari or something like that. (laughs) And like this guy, if you look at his career, it doesn't take you five seconds to realize he doesn't give a crap about the environment. (laughs) It's it's that's pretty, that one's pretty funny. That's one for another episode. Yeah, no, Italy as a country is definitely like, you know, Ferrari is important to their, Mm -hmm. to their heritage, you know, just like Ford is important to America's, heritage yeah the other thing that i i will say going back to the just the race overall it was really cool seeing the new c8 race car you know corvette Mm. has a lot of history uh, you know racing uh in europe and Le Mans, and you know the the iconic yellow corvettes have, have raced all over the place it was really cool seeing the the race spec of the c8 so is that is that what class would that be gt3 is that I believe it's the GT, the LM GTE class, and they won it. Oh, Um, that's cool. It looks like I'm I'm reading through this real quick. Um, uh, um, For the last 25, yes. Yeah, it looks like they won the LM GTE class. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, and it's. Yeah, they uh, won. Yeah. Okay, awesome. and, that, and that's like all your other. That's Porsche GT3s out in the field. Probably like Ferrari uh, two nine six GTBs right now. I would think mm-hmm. um, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So really cool car there. Um, yeah, and I'd say I I, I jumped in the broadcast uh, at the very end, and it felt more like an f1 race than i was expecting it wasn't all the same people at all or anything like that mm-hmm. but it was probably like the, the same broadcasting company um sky sports i believe is is what i'm watching both on mm. so there's some familiarity there but uh yeah i'm wondering i'm willing to bet i should say lama is probably seeing an increase f- from viewership that's rubbing off from f1 you know i, I never paid any attention to either and there are there is some crossover too, you know, Ferraris obviously, and, the, and a lot of these companies are involved in both. But you also had a driver for Ferrari, Antonio Giovinazzi, and he was an F one driver for a number of years. When you first started watching, when I first started watching Drive to Survive, you know, episode one or uh, season one, and I think season two, he was driving for Alfa Romeo at the time. So it's cool to even just see a, a name that I'm familiar with right, pop up right, as on the, the grid, on the grid, and you've got those familiar characters essentially. Yeah. I think I saw maybe I think it's Amazon. I think there is basically Drive to Survive, but for Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's I think that's airing on Amazon. And I think it's the same producers that did Drive to Survive. 
but mm. okay. there you go. There's your next watch. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll mark it down. Where, uh, you said it was on, was it Netflix? No, no, no. I think it's on Amazon. Um, Amazon, Amazon. I'll have to check it out. But yeah, I, I think we're probably going to start seeing more and more content like Drive to Survive because of its success. Yeah. And I think, and it's obvious that F1 is seeing the success, but I'm willing to bet that, you know, somebody at Lamar is like, we need to capitalize on this. We need to start doing a, a yearly series about this race. You know, look at how successful Drive to Survive is or, Honestly, I could even see, you know, if Drive, Survi- Drive to Survive needs to mix it up a little bit, maybe they start going after other series and they start doing seasons following other things as well. So they have like F1 as a season and they do a season yeah. um, that's just like a, not necessarily like a direct season, obviously, you know, you want to keep Formula One separate, but you do a season or a, a one-off episode doing Le Mans. Or yeah, Le Mans or NASCAR even. I mean, there's like... There's a lot of way to like more humanize those stories. And I feel like everyone need every sport needs its heroes. And, you know, yeah. I mean, you talk sports like, you know, football with anybody, you just mm-hmm. the whole time you're just talking about people, you know, yeah. and, and characters and you like this guy, you don't like that guy. <laughs> and, you know, I think sometimes that gets lost in racing because it's for our, it's car versus car manufacturer versus manufacturer but you know really people just want peoples and the story Mm -hmm. and the gossip and the personalities so yeah for sure well cool well let us know did you see or hear anything about lamar and uh yeah what what did ferrari's team get so right that uh with the lamar team that that the F1 team just did yeah, not. Yeah, how did they right. do that first Let's time? Let's speculate. Back. Yeah, how, yeah. What, what I want are they, that what speculation they do on that. Is it just because there's only like four cars in the category and there's really not that much competition? <laughs> Is that really what's going on? No, it was it was uh, it was driving Jesus. It was Antonio Giovinazzi leading the way. <laughs> he's it's what a guy what, what a, a guy. guy what a guy leading the way for uh for ferrari leading the promised land and, and getting the dub cool anything else to add on your end rob before we finish I got, up i got nothing i got nothing just to thank our our loyal listeners out there <laughs> absolutely yeah thank you all for listening and uh yeah if you're enjoying the the series share with a friend and uh yeah just thanks a lot for listening really appreciate it yeah thanks guys Till next week. See ya.